there, listeners. Good morning. Good evening. Good afternoon. One of the three. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Rhapsody and Reverie, episode two, two of season three. Don't mix up those numbers. I know I did. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what season we're on? We really. happen to. We're also kind of technically recording this on three two. Did you notice that? Oh, Magic. look at us! The Illuminati we, are funding this podcast. We we did that on purpose, guys. Uh, all right. Well, this is a Russian psyop. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. Says you. Mm. Well, who are we uh, kidding? We're not smart enough to be secret agents. That's so real. Yeah. Uh, okay, fam. Welcome to this episode. We got a great show for you. A great starlit uh, night full of magic and the wonder of cinematography. Mm-hmm. That's right. We're taking you among the stars to the Oscars. Yes. How topical. So, so topical. They happened last week. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Last week. We we got this on lock. And before we jump into our discussion about the Oscars, um, we want to thank our sponsor for... Helping us make this happen, and we would love to talk about them a little bit later in the show. So, uh, stick around, you crazy kids, because we got some uh, fun things to talk about later. Yeah, also, please, this helps support us. Please, please, please stick around, please, please. <laughs> um, but without further ado, let's jump into it because we are talking Oscar songs. All right, Philip DeFranco. Um, <laughs> I wonder you, if he's trademarked that. Cause... He he can't have because he's a meme, and now it's public domain. So you yeah. can't do anything about it now, Phil. There's no stopping I'll, it now. I'll jump into whatever I want, <laughs> and that's a promise. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> and we're going to jump right now into the Oscars, because, uh, folks, did you know that there is an original song category? Huh? Did you? You probably did. You pro- Look, you're not stupid. We know you're not stupid. Uh, but we felt that we wanted to talk about it because uh, Shallow has been on the radio for a few weeks now, and it's driving me a little crazy. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit. It's 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 not a bad song. It's pretty good. Um, uh, Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper basically dry humped each other on the stage of the Oscars. Um, All right. I mean, it, did you watch it? No, I didn't watch it. Okay, go watch. Look, I I mean, I saw the end bit. That I'm, I'm not keeps like referencing. Yeah, look, it's a very passionate song. The two of them clearly felt very strongly when they sung it. It was very well done. They're performers. Um, they They're... are. I'm just not looking forward to hearing it in a karaoke bar for the next 30 years. Well, which you know is going to happen. Yes. You, you like... know you're going to be trying to enjoy your brewski with your broskies 
and and some <laughs> some drunk idiot's gonna go up there and go play number five, play it, Sam, play it. <laughs> oh, Let them it. have it. <laughs> Let them have their moment. <laughs> it's just gonna. It's okay. It's just if gonna you want to get drunk and sing Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper, you do it. If that's I will what say, you feel like, I will you do say it. that. Look, Lady Gaga, I already knew was very talented. I was very impressed by Bradley Cooper's vocals because I didn't honestly know he could sing. So good for you, Bradley. Yes, kudos. Yeah, I didn't actually see A Star Is Born, but I'll have I, to watch it. Look, there's four of them. There's four versions. Pick I know. <laughs> Which look, we're gonna get into tonight. Cause do you think that this most recent in in inception? Oh, that's not the right word. Um, uh, it do you think this? Matter. Do you think this most recent incarnation is the first? No, 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 no. This movie is going back to the thirties. I think the thirties. Something like that. Yeah, we're gonna talk about it. Um, but anywho. I think there's no better place to start than talking a little bit about the inception of this particular awards category. Yes. How did we get here? Well, we did not get here from the get-go. There were actually seven whole award shows, or I'm sorry, six award shows, before they decided, hey, maybe we should consider music in our awards. (laughs) That's the thing. Um... Which makes sense, because if you think about it, the first uh, Academy Awards took place during a time where silent films were the majority of media. Uh, But in 1934, we had our first ever um, award for Best Original Song, which is pretty cool. It was pretty funky. Uh, A lot of people liked it. Um, There were some qualifications in the beginning that the song has to, first of all, be clearly audible. (laughs) You had to be able to hear it. That's a good start. Um, had to be intelligible. So you had to be able to understand the words. Also a good start. And it had to um it had to be substantive, which basically means it had to actually be in the movie. It couldn't just be in three seconds and like that. There it is. It was in the it was in the movie. It should be nominated. Like it had to actually play uh, a kind of thematic role in at least this in it in at least the show's um overall score. Okay, you know how like sometimes the main song at the end of the credits, you hear themes throughout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's basically what they mean by that. Um, however, <laughs> in 1941, uh, there was a bit of a controversy because the song that won that year was called The Last Time I Saw Paris from a movie called Lady Be Good. Uh, If you don't know, the song is about Nazi occupation of Paris. Uh, It was a very touching scene of a film. It was a a big deal, especially because it was 1941, so this was still very, very fresh. However, the composer, a man named Kern, was upset that his song won. He was was not happy. Uh... (laughs) Because it had already been published and recorded a year before it was used in this film. So it was used in the film. It was incorporated into the film, but it wasn't written specifically for the film. And he was like, that's not fair, he said, with his Oscar already on his mantelpiece. Yeah. 
How dare so, you give me this award? So Let he me actually take it home now. He actually got the rules changed. Uh, so now there are some additional things that uh, songs that uh, rely on sampled or reworked material can't be nominated. Uh, songs that are covers can't be nominated. Songs that are remixes can't be nominated. And songs that are parodies can't be nominated, which is a shame because I would pay great money to see um, Weird Al Yankovic's cover of American Pie that's Star Wars be shown in a Star Wars film and win an Oscar. I I want that more than anything. And I, for, I forget his version's title. Like, I, I really wish I could talk about it because it's masterful. <laughs> Suck it, J.J. Abrams and Ryan Johnson. Um, <laughs> anyway. <sighs> so, basically, uh, this ruled out any time a musical was adapted to film, none of the songs are eligible to win an Oscar. Oopsie. Awkward. Yeah, which is why you get a lot of random new songs put in the middle of movies. Uh, in case you wondered why the hell that happened. Uh, if you're like me and you're a Broadway aficionado, um... And you're like, wait, that, why did you add that? Uh, Trying to why get did that you, Oscar. Why did you add a whole song called Suddenly in the middle of Les Mis when it has a stunning score already? This was not Trying necessary. That old. Yep. Yeah. And sometimes it works out for the better. Uh, like Mean Green Mother from Outer Space in Little Shop of Horrors. That was Oscar nominated and wasn't in the original play. Um, and sometimes it's just weird. Like lame is, <laughs> but anyway, that's why they do that. Um, also, there's a there's a whole other rule about there uh, <laughs> not being a whole bunch of nominations from the same movie because that used to be a problem. I'm not going to go too uh, in depth into that. Um, basically, after 1980, they were like, "Stop this! <laughs> <laughs> um, you can only have two songs nominated from a movie if you've got a lot of." new songs uh which is funny because dream girls had three but whatever we're we're bending rules left and I right i mean dream girls was amazing it was amazing and it lost somehow and i forgot what it lost too and i was like why why did you bother <laughs> um there's a very strange tradition of sliding uh the artists by not having them perform on stage which is why there's it's it, there's a weird tradition of getting random people to perform the song that you know another artist sings. You know uh, what my theory is on this? I have a theory what? on this. Okay. That like way back, like the show organizers um went up to like one or multiple of the nominees and were like, Hey, can you perform your song at the Oscars? And they're like, Fam, I'm nominated. Get somebody else to do it. I ain't working tonight. I I and don't then think that so. Just set a precedent. I don't think so because you know you know why I say this. Why? Uh, because Phil Collins, one of his one of the first films he was nominated for because he's been nominated several times because he's Phil freaking Collins. Um, mm -hmm. the they didn't let him perform because they didn't know who he was. Keep in mind what? he was already an established musician by this time. What? The guy was like, I'm just not familiar with his body of work. Ta-ta. And Phil and was he, like, I'm in the audience, my man. <laughs> he he was nominated that year? Yeah. It was his first nomination. 
and he and was rejected from performing. Yeah. Also, I misspoke earlier. They changed the um, they changed the rule about more than two songs in two thousand eight. I misspoke. Uh, the first film to get multiple nominations for the for multiple songs was nineteen eighty. That's that's why I said nineteen eighty. Mm-hmm. There are also only four films that have ever had three nominated songs: uh, Beauty and the Beast, Lion King, Dreamgirls, and Enchanted. Kudos. Um, I I mean I understand the line. I I mean I understand all of them, except Enchanted. <laughs> but uh, how dare you? <laughs> I mean I liked Enchanted. I did. Happy um, little working song was a gem. To see her sing and have little cockroaches just pour out of the sink <laughs> and clean her. <laughs> Her nasty New York apartment. That was a joy to watch. <laughs> like, I just... Sarcasm. I don't know what also, the other one is. Like, for me, that's uh, how you know is the only song I care about in that movie. That was good. The on- The other one was... um. If it wasn't I've Been Dreaming, I swear to God. <laughs> I've been dreaming. <laughs> that's it. That's all we're allowed. Yep. <laughs> Um, Actually, those might have been the only... No, so close. I don't remember how that song goes. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Actually, that's another really good example of an artist being slighted. uh, Because they have to perform every song that's nominated unless there's like a problem. Mm -hmm. So when this particular Oscars happened, Amy Adams was not allowed to perform That's How You Know. They got Kristen Chenoweth to do it. Huh. Amy Adams per- Amy Adams did perform Happy Working Song, but they made Kristen Chenoweth perform the other one. The best one. The best one in the whole musical. Well, I mean, it, it is Kristen Chenoweth. Yeah, but this isn't the Tonys. This is the Oscars, which is interesting. Um, they had Robin Williams sing Blame Canada from South Park. Which okay. I wish I could see because actually that's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But yeah, I'm not sure where this tradition comes from. I'm not sure why it happens. Um uh, I don't know. It's worth looking into. Um it's also worth noting that the people who actually win this award are not the performers, unless of course they wrote it. The people who win the awards are actually the composer and the songwriter. Which is to me that's really big. <laughs> Because, like, if you think about it, a lot of the musicians who get credit for the songs uh, didn't write them. Like, there can be a whole team of people behind an Oscar-winning song, and a lot of people only remember who sung it, like, who sang the song. And to to honor the people who actually took the time to craft it, to me, is a really big deal. Yeah, that's just, like, a problem in, like, the music industry in general, is that um, credits aren't really um it's kind of hard sometimes to find credits for music depending on um what type of music it is when it was released like it's it's weird you would think it would be easy and like i mean back in the day it's as simple as oh just look in the liner notes on like on the back of your 
record and there it is mm-hmm. but like when nobody owns music yeah and it was also a thing where before like not to not to be like back in the old good old days because I'm, I'm not now i'm gonna digress into a back in the good old days rant but like <laughs> in the 30s and the 40s and the 50s uh songwriters were famous irving mm-hmm. berlin uh gershwin um sammy khan uh these people were recognized as people who wrote the quote-unquote great american songbook mm-hmm. so like yeah frank sinatra sung 20 versions of this uh dinah shore sung this ella fitzgerald sung that but it was famous as an irving berlin song a sammy khan song uh, in the seventies, you had Burt Bacharach, like you you know it's it's their song because it's their style, their their composition style. Mm-hmm. Uh, and nowadays, a lot of people don't recognize that, which is is weird to me in a weird way. Uh, I'm not taking this personally because I'm a wannabe composer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> Yeah, no, it is interesting, though I will say that, like, what I find a little, um, I I find a little bit of, like, positivity in the fact that, like, because, um, hip-hop and rap have become so popular, the, like, prevalence and, um, respect of the producer seems to be be a little bit better than it was maybe 10 years ago. Yeah, that's uh yeah, 10 years ago I couldn't name a single producer and now I know at least 5. Yeah, although like there you, may only be 5 big ones. <laughs> I mean, there's more than 5 big ones, but I'm kidding. Like Yeah, it is um I I do think it's cool um and it does make me wonder sometimes, like, just what about the profession makes it, like, something that you can brand? Because that's really what it is. It's all about branding and that um, producers have been able to sort of position themselves in a way to um, develop a sort of personal brand yeah and you know i guess maybe it has something to do with the fact that like it's just a it's something that you can recognize easily without musical training you know i suppose or without musical training or studio knowledge and things like that because like matt like a good a really great mastering engineer is like very crucial but unless you're like really really honed in to what it means to be a mastering engineer you're probably not gonna notice like the like yeah. specifics and styles of different mastering engineers like unconsciously you might because it does make a difference of course but, like to the like common ear it's a lot harder to just be able to be like oh yeah so and so mastered this album as opposed to like uh listening to like a pop song and being like oh yeah that's a pharrell beat i know that 
Yeah, that's and that is kind of hard to point out too, unless you are someone who studies it. And I don't even want to say musically trained, just someone who pays attention. Yeah, uh, because not everyone does. Not everyone is a quote unquote active listener. Uh, not to be like super pretentious about it. I just like giving credit where credit is due. So yeah. <laughs> no, not to not to completely backtrack on this, but like the fact that the Oscars does, in fact, credit um, the people who, who created the song is, is a little heartwarming. Uh, if yeah. they didn't, I would be more upset. <laughs> um, but yeah. So I mean, and and kudos to those musicians who actually do like, who did help write the songs. Like those, that's it's really hard to do. So bravo, and bravo to Lady Gaga on her recent Oscar. So that's cool. Yes. Um, okay. Well, thank you for that wonderful, wonderful uh, recap and history on the Oscars. You're welcome. I- Your homework is to write a ten-page essay on the evolution of uh, war propaganda in movies in song. Great. Ten pages I'll... on my desk Monday morning. I'll do it Sunday night. That's fine. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so now oh. that we've sort of gotten the basis. Yeah, let's, of, like... let's, let's... Yes. Jump, let's just jump <laughs> into it. Now, I do want to say a quick note before we go too far into the actual discussion. Mm-hmm. Uh, because as per usual, we have a playlist for you. Yes, we do. Woohoo. We uh, got you. Some of these songs have multiple versions. Like I said before, uh, some of these songs became so famous, they actually just integrated in pop culture society. Like, lots of people covered the same song. The original versions are not always on Spotify. <laughs> and so... We did uh, the in, best we can. We did the best that we could. There's a lot of Frank Sinatra. Why? Because I prefer his versions to some of the others. I'm biased. Uh, um, there's also a song on here called You'll Never Know, which uh, won the Oscar in 1943. The original version is not on Spotify at all, which is fine because they didn't even credit their singers. So I had no idea who to even look for. Uh, that's true. Um <laughs> But they they covered the song in the movie The Shape of Water, so that's the version that's on the playlist. Uh, sue me, I like that one. Uh, you can bite me for all I care. It's beautiful. Okay. So it's on there. I just wanted to let you know that that is not what the original sounded like, but that's mm-hmm. the best I could do. <laughs> right. I'm sorry. It's okay. We forgive you. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. All right. And without further ado, let's uh let's just jump into it. We're gonna take a shot every time we make fun of Philip DeFranco. It's just I mean, I I watch Philip DeFranco, so like it, it comes I from a too, place of respect. Mine uh-huh. doesn't. I'm kidding. <laughs> All right, moving I'm on. kidding. I watch I watch him too. Okay. I, okay. Um anywho. I mean, I Go. I want to start by just um, shouting out some songs that I didn't even realize were nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, <laughs> like, that was a big one. That was a big one. And doing this list, I was like, this was in a movie? This was made for a movie? <laughs> yeah, like, I did not realize, one, that The Power of Love 
got nominated <laughs> for an Oscar, and two, that they wrote that song specifically for the Back to the Future movie. <laughs> Did not Oof. realize either of you those know, facts. I've seen Back to the Future, and I didn't realize that. Like I, I have knew no it was memory in the of that movie. song. I have really? no memory of it being in the movie. It's very prominently featured in the movie. So, like, That's I what- should have ah. realized. <laughs> That's but, like, <laughs> Yeah, like, I should have realized that it was, like, for that. But, like, it just, it's probably just because, like, you know, I wasn't born in the 80s. So I have no context for when any of those things came out. But, like, no. Nah. I was just I so surprised. I didn't know How Do I Live was for a movie. What? Yeah, you know the song, How Do I Live? And I can't sing the rest of it because we'll get sued. <laughs> I didn't realize that. What movie was that for? Uh, Con Air. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen that? That's a no. Nicolas Cage movie. It's okay. It's a really good movie too. Um, Nicolas Cage is getting out of prison and he's going to be reunited with his wife and his baby daughter that he's never seen because he's been in jail this whole time. And they decide to transport him to the airport uh, using a giant plane full of prisoners that are also bound for basically uh, a deep state prison where they want to throw these people away and just never let them see the light of day again. Uh, I don't know why they'd put this like basically harmless four year criminal. Like I forgot what he did that was wrong. It was it was something that you're not supposed to feel that bad about him doing. Mm-hmm. Um. And his other friend, who happens to be diabetic, his friend is not getting released. The diabetes plays a key, though. (laughs) Somebody has an emergency. And then John Malkovich, who is the leader of these prisoners, has decided to do a prison break on this airplane. And and he, like, he kills a bunch of the guards on the airplane. You know, this thing that they thought was unable to happen, because of course they do. It's always like, this this, uh, this plane is totally safe and secure. These prisoners are not going to get out of here, even though they're mass murderers. The ship is unsinkable. <laughs> <laughs> I spec dead ahead. Okay. But anywho, John Malkovich kills a bunch of people. Uh, Nicolas Cage, who is an ex-army veteran, because of course he is. Um has to both save the one female guard from like getting raped and murdered and he has to save his diabetic friend from going into a coma from his diabetes of course <laughs> and he has to kill John Malkovich who is dangerous this is a lot and he's, yeah I think Ving Rains is in it no he's not I'm getting him confused uh, with someone else but uh, there are a lot of like big tough scary actors on that plane and, and uh, Nicholas Cage. <laughs> Nicholas Cage with long hair, by the way. It doesn't look good. Um, he saves the day. And at the end, when he's reunited with his wife in Las Vegas, because they crashed the plane on the Vegas Strip, by the way. This Spoiler massive alert. This, yeah, in case you were curious, you should watch it. Um, at the end, when he's reunited with his wife and daughter, who he's never seen, um, <laughs> they play that song. <laughs> and he gives his daughter this ratty old teddy bear. <laughs> Because it's been through hell (laughs) in the prison break. (laughs) 
And I was like, you can't give it to her now, man. And he does no, anyway. <laughs> Have to give it to her. But anyway, uh, that's that movie. I love that song. So <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> anyway. Back to songs we had no idea were in movies. That's okay. So I know that was a really long digression, but that's what I love about this category is that these songs all evoke really strong images and things because they're associated with movies. I when I hear some of these songs, I I always think, oh wow, this was a really good movie, and I know exactly what's happening in this scene right now. And like I don't know, it's a warm fuzzy feeling because I'm a cinephile. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. That's just how I operate. <laughs> that is very true. I didn't realize that I just called to say I love you. Was I didn't either for a movie? A yeah, giant, massive Stevie Wonder song. Like, I mean, let's just pause and take a moment to appreciate the fact that Stevie Wonder can just like write a song for a movie, and it's just Oops. like iconic. <laughs> and didn't he write the song? Didn't he write the song for Mulan? Did he be true to your heart or did he just sing on it? It's not Oscar nominated. I was just wondering. I I don't actually know. Okay. Um, I didn't know the song Say You Say Me was for a movie. You know that song. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. All right. Up Where We Belong, I didn't know. But it's not. It's fine. Um. Um, just to go back to, because I'm still on, I just tried to say I love you. That was a really <laughs> stacked year in yeah, terms of songs. Because, like, Against All Odds was also nominated that year in 1984. Yeah. And Footloose. Footloose. Two songs from Footloose. And the Ghostbusters song. Can we talk about how I didn't know Let's Hear It for the Boy was for Footloose and I love Footloose? Me neither. I I thought it just And I existed. love Let's Hear It for the Boy. I love right? that song. <laughs> Ghostbusters Ghostbusters we all know. I'm pissed it didn't win the Oscar to be honest. I'm pissed all of those songs didn't win an Oscar and yet not <laughs> pissed because I just called to say I love you is amazing. I've had the time of my life I knew um, um, so is there I knew that Accidentally in Love was written for Shrek, <laughs> but I didn't know it was Oscar nominated. Yeah. <laughs> it had a whole ass montage, of course, it was not. <laughs> Shrek is love, Shrek is life. I'm sorry, like, yeah, I knew it was for Shrek, I just didn't realize that. Got it. Uh, wasn't that jarring? I was typing this out and I just went, oh, wait. Wait. <laughs> I mean, congratulations to you guys. Gallant yeah. Pros. That was honestly, that was one of, I loved that soundtrack. So kudos to the Academy for recognizing good music when they hear it. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> I'm not being ironic. I loved that song growing up. Um, it is yeah, a of, good song. Yeah, of the songs on that soundtrack, that one probably deserved it. However, if Holding Out for a Hero had been eligible, that should have won. Yeah, but 
you know, but it wasn't in another class. That's true. That defied cinema. Mm -hmm. Um, We'll we'll never get something like that again. (laughs) Shrek 2 broke all genre boundaries. My thesis. (laughs) Okay, calm down. Okay, did you think human Shrek was hot or no? I am not having this conversation with you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to ask if uh, Prince Charming was, because we have that in Nicholas Colster Waljot. Waljot? Oh, yeah. I'm He's, sorry. <laughs> um, you cannot convince me otherwise that he is actually just Prince Charming. <laughs> they grew him in a factory. <laughs> Basically. In where? where is he from? Sweden? Norway? I forgot. One of them. <laughs> 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 they cut his hair. They knew what they were doing. <laughs> okay. Anyway, back to back to songs we didn't know were uh, Oscar songs or movie songs. Uh, I didn't know "Call Me Irresponsible" was a movie song. Me neither. I thought I thought they just smoked the ground and it sprung up on the back of Frank Sinatra. Yeah, I mean a lot of the old. <laughs> what? Hold on. What? <laughs> Moving on. Uh, yeah, a lot of the older songs. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't realize that a lot of the, like, The Way You Look Tonight, didn't realize that. Um, I think I knew that one, but I didn't know um, Thanks for the Memory. I didn't know that one. Uh, I've Got You Under My Skin. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, White Christmas. Oh, I knew that. Because that's that. from, it's from a really good movie uh, called Holiday Inn, which has a lot of iconic Irving Berlin songs. Uh, there's one unfortunate scene in that movie that is maybe not very uh, PC today, um, but it's got a lot of cultural merit. Otherwise, um, moving on. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, let's see. Um. I feel like that kind of sums up all of the songs that I was like particularly surprised by. Yeah, it was a lot of the older ones. Like, like some of them I knew, and some of them I was like, "Wait a minute, this didn't just exist as a pop song before." Yeah, it's like this just this song hasn't just always existed since the mm-hmm. dawn of time. That's surprising. Yeah. Uh, baby, it's cold outside was a big one for me. Oh yeah, that too was like, and, and that just... one, <laughs> that won the Oscar. <laughs> Different time. Different time. I still love that song. Y'all can't take that away from me. Ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, it's it's kind of interesting to see like what what comes from movies. Like it's it's really cool actually. It's like oh wow, this was written for big uh big cinema. Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that? Sera, that was another one. I was like, this came from a movie? Yeah. Sometimes, looking at this list, it's like, part of me is like, I should watch these movies. I don't know Some of them I are, will, but... <laughs> Look, some of them, because I've seen some of them, uh, are quite good. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of them are, uh, you could take or leave them. Some of them I haven't seen and sound terrible. 
<laughs> but that's the entire list, to be honest. Some of these movies just sound ridiculous. I'm sorry. The Poseidon Adventure was not great. Have you seen that? <laughs> no. It's about a ship. A cruise ship that gets upset by a tidal wave. And all these people have to get out because there's fires erupting in the middle of the ship. It's the one Kurt Russell movie I like didn't get into. And the song that won the Oscar the morning after is really in my. Okay, this is the one time we're going to be negative. Okay, this is the one episode we're allowed to be negative. Okay, that song was bad. It just was. It's kind of like a joke song now because a lot of hippies sing it. It's not good. <laughs> I can move on now. <laughs> you good. You got it out of your system. It, the only thing, though, is that it beat Ben. So I guess there's that. Oh, Ben. Okay, but that movie's, that movie's about a serial killer who loves his pet rats, man. I mean, look, forget about the movie, but... Michael Jackson... <laughs> I know he has good vocals on that track. I will give him that. I I can't separate the imagery. <laughs> That's fine. I, I, but I, I'll I give it, it to little. I I'll give it to little Michael. It was a good song. Um. Can I just say? All right. I I feel like we have to talk about the theme from Shaft. <laughs> <laughs> Isaac Hayes. <laughs> I'm, I cannot tell you how happy I am that that not only was nominated for an Nomin Oscar, but I won. <laughs> I love that so much for the American like culture. Like, I just what did it beat? It, oh yeah, it, it yeah, it beat a bunch of songs it. that were not relevant. Yeah. Of the songs that were nominated that year, uh, the only one I know is The Age of Not Believing from Bedknobs and Broomsticks, which, if you've seen it, isn't bad, but is basically like a rehashed version of Mary Poppins. Uh, and of the songs in that movie, it's not even the best song in that movie. So yeah, Shaft won. Yes. And whenever I hear that, I think of the X-Files episode where Mulder... Uh, just gets knocked over and he starts singing it for no reason. That's is great. Pause. There's always yeah. a reason to sing the theme song. He he like Jack. gets a he like gets a concussion because she's like Mulder, are you all right? And he goes like she slaps him in the face and he goes, "Who's the black private dick with all the chicks?" Shaft. <laughs> Everything about that song. <laughs> I lose it every time. Um. I've never seen Shaft. I want to, though. Especially because they're remaking it. We're not remaking it. They're making a sequel. Who's in it? Samuel L. Jackson. Good. He's playing Shaft. That's the only person I trust. And I think the plot is that he has a grown son he never knew about. Who is it? Um, I love this episode because we get to talk about movies, which is my other great love. Um... Uh <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, his son is gonna be... I 
I have guesses. Usher. What? What? Not Usher. Okay, his name is Jesse T. Usher. Uh, uh do I know him in anything else? Do I know? Independence Day. Oh, I didn't see that one. Yeah, I don't know this dude. <laughs> yeah, but he's I'm from sure some stuff he's I never great. saw. Method Man's in it. Oh, Good. I should specify that I guess John Shaft the first played by Richard Roundtree, is in it, and Samuel L. Jackson plays John Shaft II. Mm. So, this is about John Shaft Jr. and his son, John Shaft III. Oh my god, there's a beautiful shot of the three of them in that red coat. Beautiful. This beautiful. <laughs> this looks great. <laughs> I'm so oh my god, how many it. Shaft movies are there? Oh, there are a lot. The world needs as much Shaft as it can get. <laughs> so this is a sequel to the 2000 movie, I guess, because Samuel L. Jackson was in that one, too. Good. Alright. Make that money, Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. That's just a good, like, just besides the fact that it is the theme song, song to Shaft, it's just mm-hmm. a good, funky jam. That's because it's Isaac Hayes, right? Like, yeah. It's just... Well, was he the one who originally composed it? I believe or sang so. it, I should say? I believe so, yes. Yeah, well, he's a funky goot. He's a funky dude. He really is. And yeah. that's, like, peak performance, and I love it. <sighs> truly i miss uh, you isaac yeah but you know it's there are so many like iconic songs in this like category of mm-hmm. oscar nominated songs so to to that end i'll give credit credit to the academy um and it's an interesting question to wonder if some of these songs would have their place in history had they not been nominated or if the nomination slash win helped secure it's an that. Int- it's a really interesting question. Uh, I've had this question um, especially because I've noticed in my research a lot of the Bond movies didn't get nominated for their songs which I find shocking considering how many of them are iconic. Mm. Like Diamonds Are Forever didn't get nominated. Thunderball didn't get nominated. However, uh, songs like, um, oh God. The Look of Love, which was for the original Casino Royale that wasn't really good. (laughs) Um, The Look of Love was nominated, which look, it's a beautiful song. Really? But it's a really bad movie. Like, have you seen the original Casino Royale? No. They made a parody, basically. It's a parody. Um, songs like um, Live and Let Die, which is a powerhouse of a song, got nominated. Mm-hmm. I agree that it should have been nominated. But why wasn't Diamonds Are Forever nominated since it was clearly written for the movie? <laughs> 
Unless it wasn't somehow. No, it had to have been. And Thunderball, because Tom Jones sang Thunderball for a Bond movie called Thunderball. Like, they're all the same title. <sighs> you know, you hit That on- said... <laughs> Go ahead. No, 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 I was going to say, that said Skyfall and uh, the the one for Spectre, writer- Writings on the Wall, they did win. So, I mean, good for them. Mm-hmm. They, In my opinion, they deserved it, but go ahead. Yeah, you hit on something that is just a, a topic that has always plagued me, and we might end up doing an episode on this at some point. Just great, good song, good soundtracks that happen. Or no, sorry, bad song, bad soundtrack. No, god damn it, I can't. Good speak. soundtracks that happen to bad movies. Thank you. Yes. Oh, good soundtracks. <laughs> That happened to bad movies. I agree. Although I liked Thunderball and Diamonds Are Forever. (laughs) Yeah. Because I'm a sucker for a weird Bond film. Like, the original ones were super cheesy. And, like, I knew what I was getting into. I was fine with it. Yeah. But... But, yeah, that's... It is a good point, though, where even if the Academy's like, I can barely mention that this movie exists. Darn it, if your soundtrack wasn't catchy. Top Gun. <clears throat> Case in point. Earned it. Yeah, holy cow. Uh, it's... That whole movie, I was sitting there going, how did this soundtrack happen? This, this movie doesn't deserve it. <laughs> it really doesn't. Because Earned It is a really good song. Yeah. And Fifty Shades of Grey is not not great (laughs) no no so (laughs) that discrepancy is very very um Mm. it makes me feel some type of way uh but earned it is a great song it's, it's really interesting how many of these that i think their movies aren't that good, somehow got these magical hit songs out of them. Uh, I would say The Bodyguard, because that movie's famous for not being very good. It's got a great soundtrack, but I come mean, on now. I've seen The Bodyguard. I, I mean, It's not Oscar bait by any means. No, it's not. <laughs> it doesn't really deserve an Oscar, the movie, but no. it's Whitney Houston. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, look, the chemistry between Whitney Houston and Kevin Cosner is is there. Um, it's just not. It's not a masterful piece of cinema, but it's fun. It's fun to watch. Yeah, you certainly won't hate it. I don't think. No. Dick Tracy's Dick Tracy was a bad movie. I'm gonna come out and say it. Dick Tracy wasn't that good of a movie. Um. But it had a song composed by Stephen Sondheim that won the Oscar that year for best song. And I'm scratching my brain as to how. <laughs> like, look, the song is good. I'm just like, how does this movie exist, really? That's what I want to know. Because it was bad. <laughs> we may never know. We may never know. But let's focus on let's focus on the good movies. Like the Lion King. That movie, excellent. And, and it was our peak 
our peak year. It was our birth year. Um, mm-hmm. if, if anything good was going to come out of it, it would have been The Lion King, which was nominated for three separate songs, by the way. That's the magic of Elton John and Tim Rice. Mm-hmm. That's, that's all I have to say about that. And all, uh, all three of them deserve the Oscar. Yeah, really. I think Can You Feel the Love Tonight won because of like anyone who stuck around after the credits and like listened to that soulful rendition done by him mm-hmm. at the end. That was Oscar bait. That was. <laughs> they changed the lyrics to be more adult and everything. They were like, listen to this, guys. And swoon. <laughs> can you feel the love tonight? I know you can. Right. With with his with his dulcet tones lulling you into a state of 90s bliss. Mm-hmm. It it was peak 90s rom like romance music. It really was. It really was. Yes. Yeah. I agree. It's a it's a beautiful song. It deserved the win. It's also very peak 90s. <laughs> Same- Elton, add it to your set list. <laughs> Also, peak 90s is My Heart Will Go On from Titanic. Oh, which I have some thoughts. I, <laughs> I don't care what anybody says. I, I will, have thoughts. I will yell that song from the rooftops. <laughs> I, have, I have some thoughts about My Heart Will Go On. Um, I was doing karaoke a couple of months ago with some friends, and we started to realize as we were singing it, like as we were reading the lyrics on the screen, oh, this song is bad. <laughs> I, look, it's not particularly like deep. <laughs> I need, no, no, no. I need you to like, just without the music, without Celine Dion's powerful vocals, like don't get me wrong. Her vocals make the song. Her vocals are beautiful. The music is beautiful. But if you sit there and you just read the lyrics, you're going to be like, wait a minute. What? You just said that word three words ago. What? What? What is this? Look, what? I she it. adds a layer of depth that's not there because she's so good at singing. And, and I was just sitting there going, wait, hold up. <laughs> so that's commendable. That is great songwriting. It beat Go the Distance. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Michael I'm, Bolton deserved that. Husk. I'm fine with that. <laughs> that was a beautiful song. Go the Distance was a powerhouse, an emotional powerhouse. Hercules had some good music, man. <laughs> it beat it beat How Do I Live from Connor. <laughs> it beat Journey to the Past from Anastasia. Although really what should have been nominated from Anastasia's Once Upon a December. That's my that's my only dispute about that. Pause. I just saw I don't want to miss a thing on this list. And I just Yes! Can we talk about that? I did I did not realize <laughs> that that song we was nominated talk- for an Oscar. <laughs> we need to talk about that song. We need to talk about that song. Okay, because I don't know. Have you seen the movie Armageddon? No. Oh, boy. Okay, so there's this movie called Armageddon. For those of you who haven't seen it, uh, it's a movie about a group of oil drillers who work out in the ocean. Bruce Willis is their tough salt-of-the-earth leader who doesn't approve of Ben Affleck, who was young and from college, trying to get all... Somehow this all fits. (laughs) 
oh, you'll see. It, he doesn't approve of Ben Affleck, who who who's a Are young you yuppie college boy. Get in for us. Yes. Uh. Well, no, I'm not going to spoil all of it. Um. <laughs> he doesn't want him getting into his daughter's pants. Okay. Played by Liv Tyler, by the way, who is you guessed it, daughter of Steven Tyler, lead singer of. Aerosmith, yes. <laughs> they all blur together. <laughs> anyway, in the midst of this dating crisis, uh, the team is called on by NASA uh, because apparently Why? there's an asteroid. Because apparently, I forget if there's an asteroid. Yeah, there's an asteroid. There's an asteroid jettisoning to Earth at really quick speeds. That will destroy life as we know it the if they don't do really something. Had no concept of science. This, was this the nineties or the early two thousands? This was very very late nineties. It's like ninety eight. Okay, okay. Um. Anywho, uh. So NASA wants them to teach them how to drill. Uh. Pause. To to destroy. <laughs> what? What? NASA. Wants NASA, yes. Them wants these oil drillers to mm-hmm. teach them how to to, drill. to teach to teach astronauts to drill into this <laughs> asteroid to basically blow it to, to pieces so that the pieces are harmless Look, to Earth. I gotta, uh, and they want they want to plant a bomb basically, but you have to drill to the center of the asteroid to do it. I don't know. I gotta believe um, that NASA <laughs> has it gets at better. least some like. Like a week of training where they talk you'd about think, drilling. You'd, th- and you'd think that, es- but they don't. They don't because you know why? They're not salts of the earth people like Bruce Willis. They don't know anything. Like, I'm not saying they can't. They went to college. <laughs> I'm not saying that they can't be consulted. <laughs> well, no, here's the good part. The- they, Bruce Willis tells him, you're an idiot for consulting us only. We're going to go up there to the moon and do it ourselves. I just... Um... <laughs> because because it's more feasible to teach these oil drillers to become astronauts for one mission just... uh, than it is to just have Bruce Willis teach these astronauts how to operate a special drill bit. Um just, guess which one guess which plan NASA goes with. They send them, don't they? They do. Uh, they do. You know, it's a movie. And it's and the ending is the ending is very emotional, and I won't spoil Armageddon for you. Okay. But um Ben Affleck had some similar uh thoughts about the movie. Keep in mind this movie's directed by Michael Bay. <laughs> um, Everything and if you want now, if if you want to experience pure joy, much (laughs) makes sense now. If if you want to have all your opinions validated right now, please go look up on YouTube Ben Affleck's commentary on Armageddon, and it's gonna bring you basically like a two minute clip where he he takes the piss out of Armageddon because he's like, "This is ridiculous," and I told Michael this is ridiculous, and Michael's like, "Shut up, Ben! You don't know anything." (laughs) Which is peak Michael Bay. Uh, And if you're wondering, yes, 
there are lens flares. <laughs> okay. Just watch the movie. And at the end of the movie, uh, I don't want to miss a thing is played. Because guess what? It's the sex jam that his daughter and Ben Affleck get it on to. Like, yeah. I know this is uh, a there's bad some episode, layers. but uh, I'm pretty sure if I was ever in a sexual encounter and my partner put on I don't want to miss a thing, I'd just get up and walk out of the room. It's not worth really? it. That was my that was my favorite Aerosmith for a long time. Nah, not about it. <laughs> not- of course, now I'm just gonna think of Bruce Willis's bald head. So <laughs> I have nothing against the I song. Realize- <laughs> I just don't necessarily want to. Look, I didn't know it was Oscar nominated. Uh, that changes everything. Yeah, like I'll just you're just in the moment, and then all of a sudden you're like. This song this was nominated no. for an Oscar in 1998. <laughs> I'm gonna become Rain Man. <laughs> you just say it in the middle, and dude's just like, "What?" <laughs> now, in that year, and rightly so, the song that won was from the Prince of Egypt. Uh, when you believe, I'm just happy that they did the they that they made the right decision, really. Because, um, can you imagine if I don't want to miss a thing? Came on against against the powerhouse that was when you believe. Okay. The one of the most beautiful moving songs ever to have been written. Almost lost. I mean, it probably it probably didn't almost lose. That's fair. Uh, the Prayer was also nominated that year. Did you know that was written for a movie? No, I didn't. Yeah, we sung that in choir a lot. I'm actually really good at that song. That song's fun. You know what that song is? Probably if you sang it. But okay. It- well, this this very uh, it's a very beautiful song. Listen to it later. Um is written for a movie called uh, Quest for Camelot. Do you remember that movie? No. (laughs) Go watch it. I was thinking to myself the other day, that movie can't have been that bad. I remember loving that movie as a kid because I remember my dad bitching about it the other day going, this movie was terrible. You have like kid goggles on. This movie was so bad. And I was like, no, it was really good. And I watched it and I was like, oh. Oh, it was bad. It was bad. Um, See, I thought it was good because the main character falls in love with this hot blind dude who lives in a forest. Because if you don't know, it takes place in, in the era of like uh, King Arthur's Round Table. I, I put that one together. Yeah. Uh, but this evil knight who is played by Gary Oldman uh, figures out a spell to like combine a uh, basically bio uh bio uh organisms by i'm not good with words today uh and mechanical things like forks and uh spears and axes Mm -hmm. and if you throw them both in the well at the same time they come out as weird mechanical organisms it's very scary (laughs) and i remember he threw a chicken and an axe in 
and this chicken was a talking axe for the rest of the movie. It was weird. Um, and he basically captures this girl. He kills her father because her father was a knight and he like tried to defend Arthur and he died and it was sad. Um, what year did this movie come out? 98. Oh. And it was a cartoon. Okay. Uh, so her mom like sends her to be safe and that's when she sings the song, The Prayer. And I was like, what? What? <laughs> What? <laughs> like Andrea Bocelli has the most famous recording of this with Celine Dion. Um, and it's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous song. And I'm like, it came from this dragon movie. Because guess what? There's a stupid two-headed dragon. And and like they're stupid. And she meets this hot blind guy voiced by Carrie Ewells in the in the forest, and he's like, I don't work with people, I hate people. I was abused as a boy. And then I was blinded when I worked in the stables at Camelot. And she's like, you know where Camelot is? Mm. Take me. <laughs> yeah. And guess what? They save Camelot and they fall in love. All right. Sure. And they kill Gary Oldman. And Pierce Brosnan was King Arthur. It was bad, guys. <laughs> This sounds like a lot. <laughs> We're gonna have to do like an episode where all I do is rant about movies. Um, yeah, probably. That's this episode. <laughs> that, that's basically. Do you have any of these? Oh man, uh, Kate and Leopold's song got nominated for an Oscar until that oh. Sting song. Yeah, good for them. That was a good movie. Uh, May It Be got passed over that year, and I'm furious because how dare you? They can't all win. They can't all win. It 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 freaking lost to Monsters Inc. Though. Well, you know that might be a. Political Do you remember that thing. song being in the movie? No. No. What's the point? <laughs> I don't remember much of the music from Monsters Inc. Though. That's the point. There wasn't any. <laughs> Until the end credits. That's the song that won. And they passed up May It Be, which had themes throughout the whole film in the score. And then Enya killed it. And then, no, the song's half an Elvish, so we don't like it. Blah, blah, blah. I'm mad. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> yeah, you feel in some kind of way. Yeah. On the bright side, this 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 episode made me realize what the song Mom Spaghetti is. What? <laughs> Hands weak, palms are sweaty. Pause. Uh, arms Pause. spaghetti. What? <laughs> what? You didn't realize where that came from? I, I didn't know what the song's name was. Lose yourself. I know. Now I know. Oh my god. Mom Spaghetti. That, how, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> that was the first hip pause that lose yourself is the first hip-hop song to have ever ever won an academy award no, was, for best original good. song it you was good oh i've never respect <laughs> on lose yourself knees weak arms spaghetti oh my god <laughs> There's a version where all I do is replace all the words with spaghetti. 
I hate that that song has become a meme. I'm sorry. I try to stay positive, but that song is such a good song. It's such a. It's hard out. It's hard out here for a pimp. One in 2005. Yes, and that's also a great song and very deserving mm. of the Oscar. But yeah, this the research for this is what made me realize. Oh, it's called "Lose Yourself," not "Arm Spaghetti, Mom Spaghetti." Oh my god. <laughs> Knees weak, arms spaghetti. That's not even the line. (laughs) (laughs) Palms are spaghetti. (laughs) (laughs) This is really killing you. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) Knees weak, arms spaghetti. Shut (laughs) up. Don't speak. Uh, um, all right. Well, we've successfully talked about Oscars and movies and songs for um way too long. So Well, we only really talked about the actual songs for about 45 minutes, because for 17 minutes we were talking about the history. So were there any that you wanted to focus on really quickly before we have to wrap it up for our sponsor break? Um, well, I guess I will say I I I do want to shout out Remember Me from Coco which won in uh 2017 because mm-hmm. I did see Coco and that song brought me to tears. I I purposefully didn't let myself cry. I was like I can't be this week in front of all these children. No. But inside my heart was breaking. I I I I <laughs> I lost it, you know, like, up, and the crazy thing is, is, like, I called the twist. (laughs) Did you really? I didn't. Oh, yeah. I totally knew that was, like, from the second, like, from the second that character was introduced, I was like, yep, it's you. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, I was Good for you. I really thought what's-his-face was his, was his, like, grandfather. Nah. Great-grandfather. Mm-mm. It's just like it it was kinda like a Chekhov's gun thing for me. Like you're not just gonna ah. bring in this random random dude and have him. I not. thought maybe it would be like <laughs> That's true. That's very smart of you to pick up. Cause I thought it was gonna be like a metaphor for like, oh, family isn't always blood. And sometimes it's the friends you make along the way. But you're that was much just it was a much smarter intuition than what I thought. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I just kind of happened to be looking for it, maybe. Um, That's true. Like, I think I think I was just like, it's just too easy for it to be him. Mm. So it's not him. It's got to be someone else. And then they introduced that character. And I was like, yep, it's it's him. And that song hurt. And it really it really does. Especially at the end when he sings it to his grandma. All right. And is she remembers? Is she dead? If you haven't seen Coco, Abuela! I'm sorry if we spoiled it, but go see it. No, don't apologize. We'll just write a memo in the show notes. Spoilers found here yeah. for films such as Armageddon. <laughs> uh. 
Uh, do you want me to tell you how that ends? No. <laughs> <laughs> One, no spoilers. <laughs> Two, I don't care. Oh, it's well, a Michael Bay care. film. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, care. but it's kind of it's kind of funny. <laughs> All right, maybe you can tell me later. Do you have any okay. songs that you want to shout out before we wrap it up here? Um, honestly. Uh, I want to talk about Over the Rainbow because I think that was a huge landmark in in cinema marrying music. Everyone knows that song from the time they're like three years old. And it's left such a pop culture impact. It made her an even bigger household name, Judy Garland, that is. when you hear that song, you think of the Wizard of Oz. Like, you just do. Mm-hmm. Um, in all its covers, in all its iterations, uh, it's, it's really iconic. And I think that's kind of like the hallmark of what a good Oscar-winning song should be, is it should evoke um, feelings of the movie. Like, it's, it's, it's a compliment to the movie. So I, I think that's the one out of all of these songs, it's probably the one that does it the most for me. Cause it's like, yeah, I hear that and automatically I'm transported to that sepia girl in her farm singing to her dog about how she wishes life was better. Yeah. So I mean, I, I think I have that like oddly enough, because I I've only ever seen this once, but Moon River, um, in Breakfast at yeah. Tiffany's. Like yep. that's a song that 100% like screams and summarizes the movie that it's the in. whole the whole film yeah the whole film you just you're f- I have that filled with that feeling of ennui <laughs> right and like it just evokes everything that the movie is trying to tell you um I sort of have that feeling with raindrops keep falling on my head if only because the bicycle scene in Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid is that memorable um, I have thoughts about that soundtrack not fitting that movie at all. Mm-hmm. But I mean, when you hear that song, you you do think of the movie. Like you think of the which one was Butch? I think it's Butch Cassidy. Mm-hmm. Paul Newman. You think of Paul Newman on a bicycle with a girl, and it's cute. Like that's that's what's important to me is that when I hear the song. I think of the movie, the exact point in the movie it was used. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> movie magic, kids. That's what we're talking any about. A- Indeed. Uh, do you have any other ones you want to talk about? I know- any honorable mentions? Um, I'll give an honorable mention to Glory from Selma. Because Selma was a really good movie, and Deloria was a really great song, and the performance of it at, gosh, was it at the Oscars? Um, probably it was either at the Oscars or the Grammys because it, um, it that song did well when it came out, but they did a performance of it, and it was just a very powerful performance. So I've always had like a soft spot that song um so i'll give 
I definitely want to give Selma and Delory a shout out. Um, Common and John Legend did a really great job with that song. Yeah, it was very powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really liked Selma. That was such a good movie. Another one of those movies that made me cry. Um, but yeah, it is interesting just how many songs in this collection that like. I feel compelled to talk about because like mm-hmm. we've kind of mentioned like these songs like they hold a very significant at like foothold in the American and global just like consciousness like all of these songs have left a very significant mark on so many people and I think that's what that I think that's what this Oscar is a testament to. Like, it's got to feel crazy to win this award and just know that, like, you're in the same company as iconic songs, like The Way um, the way You Look or um, Call Me Irresponsible, like, Moon River. Like, being in that company, like, that's insane. Mm-hmm. The likes of Stevie no, Wonder, huge. Phil Collins, like some of the greatest songwriters of our of all time. Yeah, I was gonna say of our generation. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> just that that's insane. And it it's funny it's funny to me that like as I think about it, like it almost even like in some ways means more than like a Grammy does. In a way. In a way. Yeah. Because it's almost like it's touched another aspect of pop culture that now makes it doubly impactful. Like if you think about it. Yeah. Like it's this crossover between music and movies and like the marriage between them, like, is something that's so powerful. I mean, like, at the end of the day, the entertainment industry is, like, dominated by those two things, music and film. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Kudos to you. Unchained melodies on here? Like, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I love about this. We keep finding new things to like just be shocked over. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of great. Yeah. Um so yeah, definitely guys, we're gonna put our um full playlist up for you guys so you can have a go-to list of Oscar nominated songs that you can refer to and you can take a trip throughout the ages of music and cinema. Um, So definitely look for that. But I think we've said all that we need to say, at least for this episode. Who knows? Maybe we'll revisit this category at some point. Next Oscar season. Yeah, (laughs) probably. Uh, Look, we're, we have lots of thoughts on movies and music because both are 
when done right, both can be timeless works of art. Um, and we're probably never going to be done talking about them. So if you've got thoughts on the subject, uh, you should let us know. What's your favorite Oscar-nominated song? What's your favorite bad movie with a good soundtrack? <laughs> um, if you have a so- which song? If you have a song that you thought should have been nominated for an Oscar and wasn't, let us know. Yeah, because I have thoughts. If you. Th- if you thought that one that was just nominated but didn't win should have won instead, <clears throat> this is me. Um, <laughs> uh, let us know because God knows we have those kinds of thoughts. So I think we should start a discussion. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's open this up to the group, shall we? Yes. Now that we've successfully talked Oscar songs it is time to move on to talk about our sponsor for this episode yeah our sponsor this week is the really exciting uh, vacation villa industry wine dark sea villas Uh, if you haven't looked them up They are a a series of villas on the islands of both Crete and Rhodes um, with just the most incredible properties. Oh my God, you guys. They've all got private pools. They're all like 15 minutes from the local beaches, which I don't know if you've ever been to a Greek beach, but oh my God. (laughs) I'm look, I live in Florida. Some of you know, um, and I love Florida beaches. They've got nothing on Greece. <laughs> Every day I weep that I am not on a Greek island sunbathing, drinking a mimosa. Same. It is on like a, um, 30 degrees in Philly. Same. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard, guys. It's real hard. So listen, summer is coming. For a lot of you, uh, it may not feel that way, but summer's coming. It's time to start thinking about where you want to go on vacation. Because this, the, the, like Adrian will tell you, the snow is too much. Yeah. It's too much, Jerry. Summer um. <laughs> is coming. Sun's out, guns out. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, better to plan early. Because guess what? If you book your stay right now at these properties, um, you'll get 15% off. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, what's what you got nothing to lose here, guys. Nothing. Uh, and let me tell you, these guys are next level service. They are completely immersive. They want you to see the best of Cretan roads um, better than a tourist, like a local, while living in the lap of luxury, my friends. Um, <laughs> they're as involved as you want them to be, really. You want to hire a, a bus driver to take you to different places? You got it. You want to hire someone to come cook your food for you? You got it. You want to be basically left to your own devices and basically just pointed in the right direction about where to go? You got it. You're not going to get this kind of service staying at just like a hotel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you want a quality summer holiday, uh, go to winedarkseavillas.gr. They are a Greek company. Book your stay. Uh, have a great vacation. Mm-hmm. Just do it. and. Go to that pool and 
Uh. Jump off the deep end. Uh. Maybe he'll dive in. How was that, Sanjo? Which one? Be far from the shallow. <laughs> Over the deep end. I have to sing that song badly. I physically can't sing it well. I have to sing it bad. We're far from the shallow now. Anyway. This is my very badly. <laughs> anyway, no, for real. Uh, guys, go make the most of your summer. Stay with Wine Dark Sea Villas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, guys, it's that time of the show that we all know and love. It is Up and Comers. Woo! Oh, yeah. So we got a great up and comer for you this week. It is a personal favorite of mine because it is a band from my hometown. Yes. Oh my goodness. Oh yes. Philadelphia? No, my hometown. Where I'm really from. Philadelphia? Shut up. Chicago? Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all know I'm a California girl at heart. Always will be. Um, so this is a band from San Jose, California. They are Till I Fall. They are so good. You guys definitely need to check them out because exciting news. They're releasing an album this week. Woo! The end of the week, March 8th. Get That's awesome. that stuff. You know, they have a, they have a video that they put out. Called Let Me Breathe. So you can check that out and get your feet, toes, get your toes wet and experience. Um, but for real, like, I've known about them for a while. Uh, fun fact I went to high school with one of the members of the band. And mm-hmm. so they're super good. They've always been good. I've been low key, like, hearing about them for years, just like, watching them evolve and it's been really cool to just listen to all their music as it's come out they actually put out uh like a shorter sort of ep uh self-titled project in 2017 that i listened to and i really liked um so definitely check out that song i really uh not song that ep i really like sunshine and cherry bomb off that but yeah, definitely keep your eyes peeled for that new record. It's coming out. They're also going on tour soon. So um, go check out Till I Fall. That is who Woo! you need to check out. Um, if you want to follow them, they are on Twitter at Till I Fall SJ. So you can follow them there. You can go to their website, tillifall.com, check out more information. And yeah, let me know what you think, because I've always liked them. I think they're super dope. They make great music. And if you're into like uh, more rock and pop punk, if you've liked some of our older episodes in that vein, you will like Till I Fall. They will be right up your alley. So definitely go immerse yourself in their music. They've got plenty for you. So go do it. So now that we've successfully talked about Oscars, about sponsors, about totally awesome up-and-comers, woohoo! All that's left to do 
say goodbye. 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 So long. Farewell. I'll be the same. Good- okay, can I? Uh, we're going to get sued now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of Rhapsody and Reverie. It is season three, episode two, Dose. We are back with a brand new season. We're so happy that you have decided to share in this journey and experience with us. Be sure to like us on all of the social medias, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We are at Rhapsody Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And we are at Rhapsody and Reverie Podcast on Facebook. So you can check us out there. You can join our Facebook group, at, which is Rhapsody Fam. Go join. Join the family. We do cool things there. So you want to have some fun with us in a more personal way, check us out there. It'll be super great. Yeah, we do listening parties there. Yes, I sob uncontrollably about whatever music that I discover um, that we... I post memes. Yes, so you'll have a great time. We'll all have a great time. And we will all revel in the wonder of the music culture together. Um, Mm -hmm. Be sure to leave us a rating and review on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Google Podcasts on Spotify, wherever you get your podcast goodness, let us know. Leave us a review there. Subscribe to us. All that good stuff. We love that. Please. We thrive we thrive on attention, especially praise. Um my entire self-esteem, my whole uh self-worth literally depends on you leaving us a, a review. Girl. I won't ask for it to be good, but um, just do it. Otherwise, I will curl up into a ball and die. You were literally killing me if you don't. You know therapy is a thing, right? This is my therapy, honey. No <laughs> All right. Well, we'll have a talk about that later. I'm sorry. But mm. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> leave the reviews yeah um for for real they really do help this uh they really do help our podcast they really help us and they let us know what you guys do and don't like uh am i too obnoxious is adrian uh too loud doubtful um (laughs) (laughs) all right moving kidding kidding the point is they help they help us and they help you so uh do us a favor Leave us a review. Leave us a comment. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and always, as always, check out the website for any updates of stuff we got going on. Um, but y- y'all know the drill, and we love you for it. So we really do. Yeah. The la- oh, by the way, Sebastian. Hey, haven't forgot about you. Haven't forgotten about you. Nuh-uh. We hope you're still listening. Yeah, because <laughs> guess what we have for you right now? We have something. Mm-hmm. What's that something? We have the hint. Oh, Reggie. What? <laughs> That's my name now. Oh, my God. It has a That's name. That's right. Reggie's back. 
Reggie the Pod Goblin. This is literally ridiculous. This is your personal circle of hell. Basically. It really is, isn't it? Yeah. Are you going to give <laughs> us back. the hint now? Or yes, uh, after a after a uh, uh, basically a season and a half of uh, him going on strike, uh, Re- Reggie's back as our hint master. So, um, <laughs> uh, Reggie, what's the hint this week? Okay, next week's I'm getting too old artist. <laughs> Let him finish. Next week's. You're actually going to do this. Robots. Robots, you say. That's a terrible hint. Lots of people like robots. Yes, but she sings about robots. Oh, that's that only narrows it down to a lot of people. Uh, well, I guess you can have to work with that. Are you done? Because uh, Reggie walked. Reggie walked off stage. Uh, so we. That's it. Great. So your your hint is that this artist uh, sings about robots sometimes. And androids, really. Mm-hmm. I think there's a difference, but Reggie's a goblin. He doesn't care. Okay. Well, now that you've gotten your <laughs> he hint. Didn't- uh, Sebastian, hit us up. The reigning champion. You got to come Woo. back for that title. We're rooting for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so if you think you know what it is, uh, feel free to drop us a line on the socials and let us know what you think it is. Because uh, yeah. I'm excited for next week's episode. I hope you guys are. Cause... Like this... <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be an electric time. Yep. (laughs) That works. Um, Like this episode, if we should keep Reggie. um, Don't do that. Comment if we should kill him. What? Nothing. Nothing at all. What did I do? He raised his wages, so he's back. Um, I, I said not to. I said I did. Let not. him try to unionize. Let him lawyer up, and and I would like to be excluded from this narrative. <laughs> <sighs> and on that bombshell, <laughs> good night, everybody. <laughs>